0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Odds On podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy and for the next 45 minutes I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say it's not just me on the show today so before we start waxing lyrical about wages let's get the introductions out of the way. First up I'm joined by Craig Jones. Craig it's a pleasure to have you on the show once again and I hope all is well. Hello, Danielle. all great here. Um, two Barnsley wins since we spoke Ooh.
1: last week, including a big 3-1 away win last night. Promotion push continues. And uh, away from the bright lights of the Premier League, we are actually got a great battle down in League One. So it's uh, all good.
0: All good so far. Glad to hear, mate. And last but certainly not least is a debut cap for Sam Tizzle. Sam, welcome on board. Hope you're ready for plenty of betting chat. Oh, I'm
2: certainly ready, boys. Been listening to the podcast for a long time now. Uh, excited to step in
0: here and hopefully get some winners for our uh, followers absolutely and it's as i say a pleasure to have you on board so with that in mind the intros is out of the way let's get down to business and of course before we start wherever you bet check first with freebets.com your best place for offers tips and insight and from a social media point of view if you're placing any bets this weekend let us know via the odds on podcast hashtag and who knows we may be discussing your winners on next week's show OK, where should we start first? Well, we have to start with tonight's Titanic clash between Arsenal and Manchester City. So, Craig, the Gunners may have home advantage, but they are 15-8 to eight to win. Is there value there, or are you backing Pep's men in this encounter?
1: Um, I think the betting odds, in terms of just the betting odds themselves, I think they're pretty much spot on. But it's, in terms of who I think will win, it's a Manchester City win for me, Dan. And it sort of goes back to what I said last week. And I think this is a, a massive, massive mental test for Arsenal, and ultimately, I think it's going to be slightly too strong for them, and I don't think they'll cope with it. Um, since we spoke last week, you know, I did, I did put up Brentford to beat them, and they didn't, but, but they did get a point. So, again, it's not disastrous, but Arsenal come here on the back of two defeats and one draw from the last three in all competitions. Uh, one of those losses that they suffered was against Manchester City. Uh, yes, it was with a weakened team, but I still think that will play on the mind of Arsenal. Um, I think we spoke a few weeks ago about Pep Guardiola sort of playing mind games and Lowering the expectations of Manchester City. And, but actually, I think Arsenal have caused themselves uh, quite a few problems in the past few weeks, just not quite being at the best, dropping points before what is, without a doubt, their biggest game of the season. Um, they've got a team and a manager that have, haven't really sort of been there and done it all before, so I think that's a slight negative for them as well. I think all in, I just think Arsenal are going to struggle here, and I, th- I do think Manchester City will win. I don't think there's much to choose between the teams but just from a mental point of view I just think that this is going to be a
0: tough test for Arsenal and one that I think they're going to fall short with. By the same token Sam Arsenal don't necessarily have to win tonight they just need to keep City at arm's length. So would a draw interest you odds of 5 to 2?
2: So do you know what it is? I think draw's not bad value at 5 to 2 but looking at the recent head to head City have won all of the last six encounters against Manchester City so They've definitely got the upper hand there. There's something, a mental block against uh, Manchester City when it comes to Arsenal. Uh, Pep's obviously got the beating of them. So, yeah, the way I'm looking at it at the moment, obviously, Craig has touched upon Arsenal's recent showings. Uh, obviously, they're a little bit unlucky you could argue, against Brentford there. Um, but, yeah, for some reason, I don't know why, I'm just I'm just siding towards a Manchester City win. I think it's going to be a tight game, but
0: I've just got a feeling for some reason... Manchester City, push comes to shove, will get a win tonight. Okay, then, Craig, in terms of goals, both teams have plenty of attacking options, but a top of the table clash sometimes sees the the forces cancelled out because it gets a bit too cagey. So, if you were to serve up an over under bet, where would your interest be going?
1: Yeah, I I definitely think your point about big games, sort of seeing teams cancel each other out a little, is is right here. And the bet that I go with is the under on this, under 2.5 goals. I think. I can see Arsenal playing maybe a little deeper than they needed just because of, sort of as we've mentioned, I do think this is a massive test. But at the same time, I think if you look at Manchester City, it's not actually a must-win for them, which is a very strange position to be in because they're actually second in the league at the minute behind Arsenal. But don't forget, these two have got to play again and that comes at the Etihad as well. So, in many ways, although Arsenal are in the lead... I can see this from a psychological point of view, where it's Arsenal who need the three points more than Manchester City. But I don't actually think Arsenal will maybe play for the three points. I do think they'll be a little deeper, because they'll have a few sort of question marks over their own recent form. Um, It's it's a bit of a minefield from a mind-games point of view, I think. (laughs) Based on all of that, a narrow City win would be my pick. Um, I think you could maybe talk me into it being a low-scoring draw if you wanted to. But regardless of either of those two, I do think sort of under 2.5, 1-0, maybe 2-0 to City. You could convince me about a 1-1 draw, perhaps. Um, But
0: but they're all covered by under 2.5. Yeah, I think the logic's spot on there. I'd certainly be going for under tonight. Usually, you know, City might smash Arsenal by three, you know, in the first 45 minutes. But it's a different kind of Arsenal. So I think under is the way to go. But Sam, much has been made of Erling Haaland in the last couple of weeks. And whether he's also fit to start tonight. Because by his own standards, he's gone through a bit of a drought. 6-5 6-5 to five tonight to get the first goal in four matches in all competitions. Is this the perfect price to back the Norwegian or are you looking elsewhere? So,
2: I am looking elsewhere in this one. I don't think City, at this moment in time, are making the most of Erling Haaland. Obviously, that's much been debated uh, by a lot of panellists out there. I'm actually looking for massive odds on this one, right? So, sit with me, guys. Obviously, I'm standing <laughs> in as a... So, I'm, try, I'm trying to go big here. I want to make a big entrance, so... The guy I'm looking at, ready for it? 12 to 1, Rodri to score. Ooh. So he's, yeah, right, yeah. Obviously, he scored at the weekend and he scored in two of the last three head to head meetings between the sides. So he has got history of producing in this tie. And it's 12 to 1 to score any time. I think Rodri, it might be worth a cheeky little punt for me. Uh, so, there, yeah, that's where I'm going with my one. I'm going, uh, yeah, I'm going,
0: I'm with the bang, guys. I like it. Why not? What a way to make your uh, impact on the show by hitting us with a 12-1 to tip. Who knows? It might get over the line. But in terms of Premier League managers, it's all changed on the South Coast because Nathan Jones is gone. I think at the time of recording, they haven't quite installed someone. So let's sort of pretend they haven't. Let's go with this. Craig, the runaway favourite is Jesse Marsh. At the time of recording, the notes were sort of written, it was 1-4 to on. So, do you reckon the Leeds boss or the former Leeds boss walked straight into a Premier League appointment once again? Or is there a different angle for you to go to? It appears as
1: though Jesse Marsh is on his way to Southampton. And what a very strange potential appointment, we'll call it as that. A very strange one. I do think, as someone who lives not too far away from Leeds, there's a universe out there where Jesse Marsh's Southampton stay in the Premier League and whoever ends up getting the lead job, if ever they give anyone the Leeds job, uh, takes them down, and that will be a moment that will bring much delight and banter to my football group, which does include a few Leeds fans out there. It's, um, it's a very, very strange appointment, but the way things have gone for Leeds, this season in particular, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be too far of a shout to uh, to say that they go down and Jesse Marsh somehow keeps Southampton up. Anyway, I, I just think that The only way that I can see this from a Southampton point of view is that they're wanting to get someone in very quickly and they're also wanting to get someone in who knows the Premier League because maybe they felt that Nathan Jones' biggest problem was not his lack of experience in English football, but his lack of Premier League experience. So I don't think Leeds were a disaster under Marsh. I don't think they were very good, but they weren't a disaster. And I think if you compare him to, say, for example, Frank Lampard, another recently sacked manager... I think pretty much every Premier League fan would take Jesse Marsh taking their team on rather than Frank Lampard. However, having said that, there is a slight sort of tinge in this where does this look a little bit like a championship appointment for next season just coming a little bit early as well. Um, so it's, it's a very strange one. Anything could happen.
0: Um, wild time to be a Southampton fan. It certainly is. And as you say, anything could happen. So, Sam, if we were to kind of use a bit of artistic licence here and say that the deal between Southampton and Marsh fell through at the very end. Obviously, someone else would then have to walk into the St Mary's door. So, could it be Stephen Gerrard at nine to one? Do you reckon that the South Coast Club could offer the former Villa boss a managerial return? Do you know what?
2: Why not? I mean, there's not exactly many people knocking on doors at the moment here. I think there's a, a real struggle. Both teams, obviously Leeds and Southampton, Leads are struggling to get the person that they want through the door. I think Southampton have similar issues. Steven Gerrard will be looking to take anything. Well, if the Premier League job comes calling his way. Let's put it this way. He's certainly not going to be turning it down, regardless of whether it's a relegation battle team. Um, I think it's a good shout. Uh, just going back onto to Jesse Marshall, actually I was actually out with him in Harrogate uh, about two weeks ago, just before he got sacked. Uh, yeah, he bought me a couple of drinks, got shots in. He was a Top lad, him and Tyler Adams are out, playing table football, the works. Really nice lad. Um, so I'd like to see it work out for him at Southampton um, if he does eventually go there. Um, but yeah, I think the time was right on that sacking as well. But as for Southampton, I think it's, it's a really strange time, this one, because obviously I mean Nathan Jones has literally only been in the door for three months. I think it was a strange appointment in the first place. I think this one here is another controversial appointment, potentially if they do go for Jesse Marsh. Um, obviously, another motivator sort of player, uh, the manager. But yeah, I think I think someone like a Steven Gerrard at 91 would be probably a decent punt. But I think, to be honest with you, it looks like they've got their eyes set on Jesse Marsh at this moment in time.
0: I'd be intrigued to know how you end up on the pints with Jesse Marsh. But we haven't really got time because we need to move on because Southampton off to Stanford Bridge on Saturday... The Blues, that being Chelsea, of course, have drawn their last three league outings. It's only 4-11 to for them to finally return to winning ways at the weekend. Craig, can you squeeze a bit more value from this market? Ten minutes into his debut episode and <laughs> Sam's just been <laughs> the biggest name drop on the podcast
1: ever. What we do, what we do. Yeah, and, and we, we just move, move on to Chelsea. <laughs> why, why talk about Chelsea? All they're doing is drawing games. Um, anyway, I'm not overly confident and certainly not as confident as I've been for the past two weeks. But we have landed two Chelsea bets on draws in the past two weeks, so we may as well, may as well just stick with that and back the draw here, 15-4 to it is, as I said I'm not as confident, but my line for the past two weeks has been that I would not back Chelsea to beat anyone at the minute, and we may as well stick with it, if they are going to beat someone, surely to God is Southampton, Um, but you never know, and the one thing that I do have a slight bit of hope we're here with, is that Southampton have, you know, they've been in turmoil really haven't they for the past few weeks and Nathan Jones has come in and and been sort of sat before he's even been had a chance to really install his ideas and you can only imagine what that's done for the players and I just wonder if not necessarily they're still extremely in a lot of trouble but the, the sort of release of Nathan Jones just releases a little bit of pressure of them they're coming away to Chelsea no one gives them a chance of winning this game not even their own fans and this is a Chelsea team who's not playing very well at the minute and still no one thinks they're going to win this game come here fresh mind absolutely nothing to lose and, and maybe just battle it out for a point against a team that are struggling to win I don't know 15-4 it's sort of almost 4-1 to 1. it's where the value is for me I'm not as confident like I say as I've been for the past couple of weeks but at the same token I'm still struggling to back Chelsea to beat anybody
0: yeah, I mean, by that logic, as I said a couple of weeks back, I love you, new manager Bounce, and although Southampton haven't got a success to Nathan Jones just yet, it's someone different in charge. So the double chance, at least a point in West London, seven to four, could also be a great way to go. I mean, I'm not quite confident they might get three points, but as you say, Craig, free hit, really. So why go in the Chelsea direction when you look at their form and their lack of cutting edge? It kind of all connects to something to do with Southampton and what they can get at Stamford Bridge. So, yeah, there could be a bit of value elsewhere. But Sam... In terms of goals, you can currently get 10 to 11 on either over or under 2.5 in total. So it's a flip of a coin. But nine of Chelsea's last 10 Premier League outings have ended with under. So do you follow the trend or are you going against the grain?
2: Well, do you know what it is with me? Generally, I like to lead my own path. But in this a <laughs> massive shoot. So meh, uh, I'm going to be going for unders in this one, to be honest with you. Southampton, they cannot score for Toffee. I think they've only scored 18 goals a season. Uh, I just can't see them producing the goods here. Chelsea, again, they're they're struggling to score. 23 goals at this point return that for Chelsea, considering the wealth of talent they've got in their uh, team. So 23 goals for Chelsea this season, yeah. All I can think of here is under two and a half goals.
0: Right, we're going to go bet building once again. And with Newcastle playing host to Liverpool, we are going to look to construct another winning combination. So Craig, you're up first. I'd like an anytime goal scorer from you, please. Yeah, I'm looking at Newcastle for this one. I'm going to go with Callum Wilson to score any time.
1: He didn't play last weekend, but the reports that I've read are a very minor injury and one that he should be back from this weekend. Um, Alexander Isak didn't really impress me last weekend at all. That was his first 90 minutes for a while. So it wouldn't surprise me if Wilson comes back and goes straight back into the starting 11. Um, I'm still not convinced by this Liverpool defence, even though they kept a clean sheet on Monday against Everton. Everton did have their chances in that game. And, And let's not forget, you know, sort of really Everton had a championship-level striker playing up front for them as well, the lad who's been on loan at Sunderland, and and not really set the championship alight either. So it it wasn't really a strong threat that Everton posed for Liverpool, but they still managed to get two or three chances. Um, Callum Wilson's obviously far better than that. Newcastle are struggling for goals, and that's a slight worry. But I do see them getting chances here. I, I think it's a big game. I think Newcastle will want to attack and try and sort of impose themselves on this game. Liverpool, I think, will give them an opportunity and uh, Callum Wilson is the one who I think is going to take
0: it. OK, then, top shot there. Sam, i like the over-under on the goals, please.
2: So, the last time these two teams met, it was
0: a 2-1 win to
2: Liverpool. Uh, the thing that concerns me with this one here is no Bruno Gimouretz for Newcastle. He actually did miss the last game we played against Liverpool uh, as well. But without Bruno, we just lack a lot. Uh, no Bruno, no party is pretty much the same up on the northeast. We've uh Without Bruno this season, we've not managed to win a game. So, the four games he's not played, we haven't won a game. Uh, and in the four games, there's only been seven goals scored as well. So, I'm actually going to be going unders in this one for me. I think Newcastle are looking for a draw here or a win. Uh, but I don't, yeah, basically, you know what, like, they're going to look to shut up shop. Uh, I don't think they're going to be going all guns blazing in this one. I think we saw last time these two teams met. Um, there's a lot of controversy, actually. Like Newcastle gave it a go, but there was some time wasting antics, is what there is what people were saying uh, from our end. I think it's going to be a case of Newcastle looking. Well, Newcastle will be happy with the point here without Bruno. I think so. I think yeah, under two and a
0: half. Okay, I'm going to build on that logic actually because I'm going to go for the double chance market and lean towards Newcastle getting at least a point. So, as you say, the goals are sort of. Dried up in the last few weeks. The kind of amber on purple patch has just dissipated a bit. I know he scored at the weekend, but it's just not quite clicking in terms of attack. It's ones and zeros rather than twos and more. But their defence is still rather robust. We shouldn't forget that, you know, this massive unbeaten streak at the moment. So when you combine that with Liverpool fancying their chances after Monday's win... Obviously, their tails are going to be up, but I don't see them getting the better of any Howe's men. So I feel that Newcastle will get something. Whether it's three points, I'm not too sure. But I am confident they'll get at least a point, And that's why I'm backing the Magpies in the double chance market. OK, then, just to recap our three picks. Craig has gone for Callum Wilson to score at any time. Sam's gone for under 2.5 total goals. And I've gone for Newcastle in the double chance market. That is odds of 8-1 to one for this bet builder. That's £10 on the betting slip, £90 in your back pocket if this one gets over the line. If you're a Newcastle fan, that might do you well just before the EFL Cup final and the beer tokens you'll need a week later. But hopefully it gets over the line for everyone, and I hope it gets over the line for us as well. Right, a quick chat about the game itself now. Craig, the Magpies' only league defeat of the season has come at the hands of Liverpool. Do you reckon Eddie Howe's men can exact some revenge for that at odds of 11-8? to eight? Uh, no, I don't think they can. And I'm going to go with the draw here, uh, Dan. I think I
1: think it was Jamie who made the point of uh, either last week or the week before, Newcastle's winning run potentially being a bit of a hindrance at some point. That was me. And I think, was that you, Dan? It was, but, yes. A- excellent. Excellent point. Well made. Um, I'm going to pinch it now. Okay. I think I think Newcastle's winning run is a bit of a hindrance at the minute to them. Um, and, and they've been drawing a lot of games recently. And you do wonder just how much that is sort of playing in. Are they protecting that in some way? 17 league games unbeaten, it's a big run, it's something they should be very proud of. But if there is that single thought of protecting that, then is that sort of hampering how, how Newcastle are playing at the moment? Five draws from the last six league games, they're showing signs that they're still a very good team, but not quite as good as what they were. And I just think that maybe these two teams will, they're both slightly not as good as what, what they can be, and is that just going to mean they cancel each other out? The draw's 5-2 to two here, and, and that's what I'm going to take. I think that's a fair price.
0: OK, then, Sam. Liverpool did return to winning ways on Monday. As I just said, they made light work of a light Everton. So, can they be the team to break Newcastle's lengthy unbeaten run odds of
2: 19-10? Yeah, I mean, they can be. Um, like I said, without Bruno Gimoresh, I'm just not as confident in Newcastle's ability to get the results. But... I do think this home advantage, I'm a Newcastle fan myself, and uh, St James Park right now is rocking. It's never been like this for about 20 years. So I, I think we're just going to have enough to get a point from this. I I don't fancy this for a win, I'll be honest with you, but for some reason, I'm, I'm, I'm starting with Craig here as well. I think the draw at 12-5 is probably where I'd be leaning towards as well. But potential, yeah, if, it was gonna, if I was going to pick a winner, to be honest with you, it would be Liverpool for some reason. Um Just the way that they're looking right now. Without Bruno, I think it's a massive blow to us. Uh, So, yeah, I think if I was going to go either way, it would be. uh, be, I'm going for the
0: draw, but if I had to pick a winner, it would be Liverpool. OK, then, Craig, if you're looking at this from a half-time, full-time point of view, how do you see the ebb and the flow of the game at St James's?
1: Yeah, I've I've tried to find a a bit of value when I've looked at this, rather than just going with a sort of simple draw-draw option. Um, And I've gone to take Newcastle to get ahead in this one and then Liverpool to peg them back. And I just sort of, as we've mentioned, just wonder about Newcastle and their winning run and how much they're sort of playing, uh, their unbeaten run, sorry, and and how much they're playing to keep hold of it. And maybe Newcastle get ahead and rather than going for the kill, they sit back a little bit and and Liverpool peg them back in the second half. Um, You can get a Newcastle win at half-time and a draw at full-time at 14-1. to for uh, small stakes, big odds
0: interest in the game. That's a great shout, actually. And Sam, I didn't even know you were a Newcastle fan, so this question sits very nicely, actually, because I was going to ask about the Champions League top four finish. Do you feel that you're going to get to the top four when you look at Tottenham can't get it together? Or are you sort of getting a bit nervous at the fact that you're running out of steam at the moment? You look at this unbeaten run, but draws rather than wins. Is this going to be a problem towards the end of the season or are you going to get over the line? So,
2: I've been loudly confident for about three or four months now. Now, I'm kind of quietly confident. I'm beginning to sweat because the last couple of results without Bruno, uh, we've picked up two points where I generally think with him in the side, could have picked up six against West Ham. Um, uh, and who's the last game? I can't remember we played Bournemouth, now. Uh, Bournemouth. Bournemouth, thank you. Uh, yeah, uh, I generally think we could have picked up six points from them two games. But, yeah, I'm still quietly confident we'll get over the line just as long as we don't pick up any injuries, really. I think we could have done more in the January transfer window. Uh, I think we're a little bit short. So, essentially, it's down to injuries and picking up silly suspensions, really, over the next few months. As long as we manage to keep that first 11 with a couple of them rotating players in there, I think we'll get over the line because Tottenham, they're struggling to basically pick up wins consistently. So, basically, we're kind of relying
0: on Tottenham to keep going as they're going to get there, I think. And now it's time for our long shot. Akka. We go anywhere in the world on the hunt for odds between two to one and five to one. And Sam, you're up first this week. What have you got for me?
2: So for my long shot selection, uh, I've pretty much nailed it on the price. There, I've gone for the shortest odds that we tend to go for. But it's Mansfield two to one to beat Tranmere away from home. So Mansfield are currently sitting fifth in the league, got forty nine points plus ten goal difference. They're up against Tranmere we have got 41 points. So the last time these two teams met, Mansfield did get the win. Um, Mansfield have been looking really good in recent games as well. They uh, beat Carlisle away from home 4-0 in their last match. Carlisle third in the league, so that's a brilliant result for them. Mansfield have won three of the last four games in the league and Tranmere have lost three of the last four games in the league. So for me, Mansfield is where I'll be going.
0: OK, it's, it's small, but it's in range. And that's all that matters. So, Craig, what's up your sleeve this week?
1: Yeah, I'm in League One for my pick. I'm going to go with Morecambe to win at home against Peterborough. Odds of 15 to 4. Uh, oh. Big prize pick in League One. It's, it's, it's a big one, this. Um, Peterborough were finding their way into the League One playoff race only maybe two or three weeks ago, but they've suffered two big defeats in a row now. Uh, one big as in the scoreline. They lost 5-0 against Bolton last week and then one big as in losing at home to a a team who are really struggling at the minute, and that's Fleetwood, which came yesterday, Tuesday night. Um, When you look at Morecambe's form, very hit and miss, but if you look a little deeper, they're a very different team when they're at home and when they're away right now. Um, Away from home, they've lost the last three games, 3-0, 4-0 and 5-0. Absolutely dreadful away from home. But luckily for them, this game is at home, where they've won two and drawn one of the last three. Uh, Wins over Bristol Rovers and Cheltenham. I just think back on home soil, uh, they are in a relegation battle and do need points. Peterborough having a bit of a slight dip. They look worth a punt to me. Uh, almost four to
0: one. That's a top shot there. I'm off to League Two again. And although Stevenage let me down in last week's threefold, I'm showing them some love once again. Because this weekend sees them go to Stockport as they look to find a first league win in four attempts. Now, in fairness, it's going to be difficult to find one. Stockport have not lost any of their last four and have won three in a row. However, Stevenage do need to find a win from somewhere if they are to win the League 2 title and I have a feeling it finally arrives on Saturday, which is why I'm backing the away win at odds of 12-5. And of course, check out FreeBets.com for all the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. Right, before we look at some more Premier League headlines, I just want to squeeze in Barcelona's Europa League playoff in Manchester United. Now Craig, 2 informed teams, but will home advantage for Xavi's men be enough at odds of 3-4? to four?
1: Yeah, I would slightly give the favour so sort of slightly to Barcelona here, but I do think the odds are a little shorter than I'd like. And I think sort of if I'm looking at this from you're just purely asking me who I think will win, then I will give Barcelona the edge. But if you're asking me what bet I want to place, then I like the draw here. I think three to one seems really, really good value for this draw. Um I think Manchester United generally, better season this season than what we've seen before, you know, under Eric Ten Hag. But one of the main reasons for that as well as Marcus Rashford's goals. Uh, we've got to get him a mention in the podcast, haven't we? Um, <laughs> as well as Marcus Rashford's goals, has been that Manchester United are tougher to beat. They do look a lot tighter at the back. Um, and I just think that maybe with a slightly more defensive mindset, I just think that that could sort of lean in towards the draw as well. Here, If there's sort of 20 minutes to go and this is a draw, Eric Ten Hag, you know, he's played European football. He knows, he knows what the crack is when it comes to Europe. He's going to defend what he's got being that draw and get them back to Old Trafford and hopefully win this tie. So I just think in terms of like a value bet, I think three to one on the draw is where I would go. If there is a winner, I do think it'd be Barcelona, but they're a little bit short for me.
0: OK, Sam, if you were looking to place a Europa League goal for Thursday night, would you be looking at both teams to score in this encounter at odds of seven to ten? Or can you see a clean sheet from somewhere?
2: So, obviously, much has been said about Barcelona's league form, and uh, their defensive record in the league. They've only conceded seven goals in 21 league games, which is massively impressive for Xavi there. But in the Champions League, they conceded six goals. Uh, they conceded three against Inter Milan, and they also conceded three against Victoria Pilsen. So, for me, Manchester United should take a lot of confidence from that. Uh, United have scored in seventy of the last 18 away games in all competitions. So, United, for me, I think they're going to pick up a goal here. Barcelona at home, you definitely fancy to score. So, yeah,
0: I'm going to go with both teams to score at 7-10. Top shout there. Right, let's return to some Premier League action now and a London derby between Brentford and Crystal Palace. Now, Craig, you weren't far off in backing the beast to win at Arsenal last weekend. Are you backing them to beat the Eagles at 17-20? to uh,
1: Yeah, I am. Mean, it's definitely Brentford here for me to continue playing well. Uh, very, very good point for them last week. You know, we can say that they're fortunate, but at the end of the day, I think any team that takes a point away from Arsenal... We'll be absolutely thrilled with that. Um, almost a big winner, but not quite. Not quite there. They should have too much for Crystal Palace. Uh, six games without a win in the league now for Crystal Palace. Uh, and if you look, I've had to dig through the Crystal Palace fixtures here purely based on their sort of prospects for staying up, really, more than anything else. After you mentioned it last week, the wins that they've had through the entire season have all been against teams that are currently in the bottom half of the table, and um, they don't have the quality to mix it with the teams that are above them. Uh, The better teams in the league can come and beat them. And that's exactly what I think Brentford's going to do.
0: Now, Sam, last week I made the bold claim on the show that Palace would be relegated. At that stage, the odds were 12 to 1. The odds are now 8 to 1. Would you like to join me on the value train?
2: Ooh, so I think you've got it probably where the value was. I think 8 to 1 now is a bit short. Uh, Just looking at, we spoke quite obviously earlier about Leeds and Southampton's managerial uh, vacancies to look for grabs. A lot depend on who comes in there, but until that gets sorted out, um, I think that them two teams are more likely to go down than Crystal Palace at this moment in time. So, I, I, I,
0: ooh.
2: unfortunately, Dan, I'm not going to be joining the train
0: on this one. I'll keep a seat open. All right, it's not you don't have to sort of commit to it right now, but let's yeah. just let's just watch this space between Southampton and Leeds. But I just feel that if they get, I, I guess Sam, you, you're right in the sense that if these appointments are good. Then obviously Palace are in a bit more trouble. If they're not strong appointments, then that eight to one looks a rather safe bet. So we'll watch this space. But as I say, the train is leaving the platform soon. If you want on, you're more than welcome to join me. But let's focus on the clash between two European hopefuls now. And it sounds a bit strange when you finish the sentence with Brighton and Fulham. However, Craig, the Seagulls are undefeated in their last five. Would you be backing the home win or to four to six? Yeah, but both teams sort of um, do, playing above
1: expectations and, and doing really well and. and well, maybe not quite as good as what they've been re- in sort of a few weeks ago. I do think both are still playing fairly well. Uh, very close game I'm expecting here, but but I do give the edge to Brighton. Um, I don't think, as I said, Brighton haven't been as good recently as what we've seen from them in the past. Uh, they've drawn two of the last three games. But Having said that, I do think they've still got enough to win this one. Uh, Fulham sort of despite a 2-0 win last week, which came against Nottingham Forest, maybe they're also not quite at the same pace as, as what they were earlier on in the season, uh, yeah, big three points on offer for the, European, for the European places between Brighton and Fulham, bizarrely. Um, but it's Brighton who I fancy to take them. I think they've just got a little bit more in a game that's between two teams who are not quite as
0: good as what they were maybe a month ago. That said, Sam, by the same token, Fulham shouldn't be overlooked in this clash. I mean, they've won their last two, haven't they? So could you be tempted by the cottages in the double-chance market, or to 23-20? to 20? Do
2: you know what? I am... Um... So Fulham won the reverse fixture too at Craven Cottage. Brighton have taken 11 points in the last five games of the league. So obviously yeah they are banging form at this moment in time. But this season they have dropped points against the teams around them for the likes of Brentford and Fulham. Obviously they've taken wins against the likes of Chelsea and Liverpool which we've seen them obviously climb the table to where they are in recent weeks. But I do think there is something in this game for Fulham. Um, I think the price is pretty much spot on with how the bookies have priced it. But yeah I am tempted by that 23-20 double chance.
0: OK, then next up, let's look at the hardest team to read in the Premier League, that being Tottenham. Now, Craig, every time you offer up a prediction, they seem to do the opposite in recent weeks. So what have you got for me this week? Yeah, I think the last time I got uh, a right result for Tottenham, Gary
1: Mabbott scored the winner. <laughs> <laughs> Practice, isn't it? Um, yeah, so basically, I should just come on here and, and say that sort of Tottenham are going to lose just to help you lads out. But having said that, and actually, to further put myself in it, I did tip Tottenham up to win last night against AC Milan as well. So um, anyway, surely this is a game that Tottenham can win. Home advantage, that the playing in Europe shouldn't be a hindrance because it's an early game. Sort of Tuesday night gives them chance to get back. West Ham have got struggles, you know, despite holding Chelsea last week. And I thought they still looked shaky at the back against a team who don't really offer much in, in sort of no focal point of Chelsea's attack really at the minute. But I thought West Ham still looked a little shaky at points. Um, I should, as I said, just come on here and say Spurs are going to lose just to help you out.
0: But, no, I'm going to stick with them. Uh, I think Tottenham will win this one. I I do. Okay, so by that logic, Tottenham lost. But hopefully, Craig, you are right this week. Sam, at the same time, there's no doubt that West Ham raised their game when they go up against Spurs. There's been many clashes where West Ham have stolen points, one or three at Tottenham's new stadium. I remember the 3 all draw in the COVID era. I remember Mikel Antonio in the first few weeks. Of Tottenham's new stadium. So, if you were to offer a result and the both teams to score combination, what have you got for the listeners before kickoff?
2: You are absolutely right, uh, Dan, with what you're saying there. But the last two heads heads is what I've kind of been looking towards here. Uh, and Spurs have just edged it. Uh, the good thing is with this one, both teams have scored in the last two meetings between the sides at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. But uh, what we've seen is a 3 1 win in the last game to Spurs and a 2 1 win to Spurs. Uh, in the last two meetings. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the current form. Uh, so I'm going to
0: go for Tottenham Hotspur to win and both teams to score. Top shout there. Right, before we move on, I want a correct score bet from you both. It doesn't matter where it is in the world. I just want that outcome spot on. So, Craig, you're up first. What have you got for me? Yeah, I'm going back to a game
1: we've already spoken about. And I think it's a pretty much an outcome that we've all agreed on, really, in many ways. Um, it's going to be a correct score bet for Newcastle 1 Liverpool 1 which is available at 6 to 1. I just think as I sort of said both teams are not quite there at the minute and ultimately by not quite being at the very best. I do think that that could just lead to these two cancelling each other out. Goals wouldn't be a surprise. I think although Newcastle are struggling for goals perhaps more than any any other point during this season, Liverpool will give them an opportunity to score. This Liverpool defence in its sort of current form at the minute and the current players that are in it He's not very good at all. So, I do think there'll be chances. I think both teams will score. But ultimately, neither team quite good enough to pull away and win this one. So, it's Newcastle
0: 1, Liverpool 1 at 6-1 to one for me on Saturday. Yeah, I really like the sound of that one. But, Sam, what correct score are you hoping for this weekend?
2: So, it's literally the game we just spoke about there. Um, Tottenham versus West Ham. Uh, I'm going to go with Tottenham to win 3-1, as I mentioned. Tottenham have won the last two meetings between the sides at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium with both teams scoring. Uh, yes, yeah, so I think 3-1 for me. Tottenham are in desperate need of the win right now. They've lost the last couple of games. And yeah, they need a confidence boost and win. And I think they might
0: just get one this weekend against West Ham. Fingers crossed you are spot on. But of course, check out freebets.com for the best insight and betting tips ahead of this weekend. Right, there's plenty more Premier League headlines to mop up. And let's go back towards the bottom of the table now. First up, to Molyneux as Wolves for host of Bournemouth. Craig, it's 8-13 to for a home win. Would this be a good ACA entry for Saturday? Yeah, I think it would, yeah. Um, what a win
1: for Wolves last weekend. You know that, They went into that game with a big three points on offer of playing Southampton. And those three points, just coming away with those three points, would be enough to raise the spirits in the team alone. A team that's already moving in the right direction. But when you actually look at the game, the fact that they were 1-0 down, the fact that they went to 10 men, and then the fact they came back and won 2-1, can you imagine what that's done for the Wolves dressing room? A dressing room that was already heading in the right direction, but the amount of extra sort of energy and buzz that will be in that room um, should, should be incredible. Um, yeah, sort of Bournemouth did get a draw last weekend against Newcastle, but I just think Wolves are really trending in the right direction at the minute. They are they're very much sort of remind me of Nottingham Forest about a month ago where, where Forest were, were just picking up, good points at the right time to just move themselves away out of trouble while everyone else was in a bit of a mess. And there's many teams in a bit of a mess at the minute and Wolves are just sort of pulling away and edging clear and moving in the right direction. So, yeah, it's a Wolves
0: win for me. OK, and Sam, if we expand on that point a little further, would you also fancy a home win and under 2.5 total goals or to five 5-2? Yeah, do you know
2: what? I would. Wolves, as you mentioned there, Craig, they're looking, they're looking like the Wolves of last season. Uh, Finally, it's taken them a long time this season to get there, but the last few games you've seen signs of them getting back to their old ways. Bournemouth have lost um, all of the last six away games, so I don't think Bournemouth are going to get the win here. Uh, Wolves, like I said, have won the last two home games, and also Bournemouth, four of the last six uh, away games have ended in defeats and under two and a half goals, so for me, yeah. I think there's definitely value at five to two there for a Wolves win and under 2.5 match goals.
0: Yeah, I'd be sticking that on the betting slip if I was a Wolves fan, but also moving to Goodison Park because it's going to be a big clash between Everton and Leeds. Not quite a six-pointer, but really important all the same. Now, Craig, the Toffees were rather blunt on Monday. Can they pick up a second successive home win under Sean Dyche at odds of 11-8? Um,
1: back at home, yeah, I do think they can. I do like the chance of Everton here. One of the things that I really like and why I like Everton is I think this is going to be a bit of a tactical battle and that doesn't suit Leeds at all. So regardless of who's in charge of Leeds, if we've looked at how they've played since they've arrived back in the Premier League, I always think that Leeds are at their best and look their best in games when there's a bit of chaos around, when it's uh, end-to-end, sort of 3-2. You know, Some of Leeds' best victories have been the sort of 3-1s, 3-2s, 4-3s, whatever. And I I just can't see Sean Dyche allowing that to happen uh, when these two play. I think he's going to set his team out to sort of shut Leeds down and in many ways aim to make this quite a boring game. But ultimately, I think that all plays into the hands of Everton. And I think that means the Leeds are going to struggle. Leeds are prone to defensive errors. You know, Everton should get a couple of chances. I just think that this is not going to be pretty. Uh, Perhaps you would sit there and call it typical Dyche. Um, but I do think Everton are going to nick this, nick this maybe just
0: nick a 1-0 win from somewhere and, and sort of further add to the problems that Leeds have got. Well, this is it, Sam. And because of that, you get the feeling that goals are going to be offered at a premium at the weekend. So, if you were to offer up the first-time goal scorer bets, what name have you got in mind?
2: Yeah, so I'll be straight with you. It was actually a really difficult one to pick was this one. Everton's highest goal scorer this season is Damari Brent. He's only scored three goals. Uh, as for Leeds, their top scorer is Rodrigo with 10 goals, but I don't think he's going to be starting this game. So, uh, underneath that, if you're looking at Leeds, Somerville's got the most goals for Leeds of four. But, yeah, I'm not sure if he's going to start. So, it's a real tough one to pick here. What I've done is I've gone uh, looked a bit further down the odds uh, when it comes to it. The, the top four or five, I don't think there's really much value given what I've seen there in terms of the stats. So, I've gone for Wilfred Nonto, uh, who's looked really good for Leeds in recent weeks. Uh, so, I think if Leeds get off to a quick start, which I've seen them do in a few games recently, um, I think Nonso
0: is the man at 17-2 to two to get the first goal. That's a big price. I mean, it might sort of lead to Leeds going ahead and Everton having to get two goals. Whether they can do that at Goodison, we'll have to wait and see. But it's going to be a cracking clash on Merseyside. But also, Craig, a quick word about the Leeds post. Still to be filled at the time of recording. And it seems now as if former Wolves and Tottenham boss Nuno Espirito Santo is now the favourite at three to one. Although, like his appointment at Spurs, it does seem as if Leeds are starting to work down the list somewhat.
1: Yeah, um, I'll not take credit for this, but when I was speaking with someone uh, yesterday about this, um, they described it perfectly. Leeds have got a bunch of notes of managers that they want, and they've dropped them on the floor, (laughs) and they're sort of looking round on the floor to find any piece of paper that they can find. With a name on it, um, I just I, I worry for Leeds just because of what does this do to the players? What do the players think when they see, you know, <clears throat> I mean, we, rightly or wrongly, you know, there's big betting moves whenever any sort of manager gets mentioned. But you see the talk all over the news, you know, Leeds are approaching manager X, and then he doesn't come, and then you see the next talk the day after, which says Leeds are approaching manager Y, and he doesn't come, and then manager Z and he doesn't come. And I just wonder, how, how as a player and how as a dressing room, do you react to that? You know, are they such a bad team that nobody wants to go there and manage them? Are they in that much trouble that nobody wants to try and keep them up and save them? And I just think that every time that Leeds go in and they're rejected for someone, it's, it's like a, a small blow to morale in, in, in the sort of the camp. So personally, you know, they either wait a couple of weeks and make sure they get the right man and they don't mention any other names or they get something sort of very, very quickly to sort of bring this to an end as soon as possible and try and get the players on board. I just, I'm not sure how much it's going to sort of become a distraction if they go with the first option and keep it dragging on and on. Even if people are not being mentioned, it's still a distraction, the fact they've not got a manager. Um, but I, I just think however this plays out, in the next few days or the few, next few weeks, if that's how long it takes, it's not helping the players whatsoever, and those players need all the help they can get because they're in a relegation battle.
0: Right, let's quickly finish up with another look at the Premier League's top three. Sam, first up, you're off to Villa Park as Unai Emery says hello to his former employers. So Villa have lost their last two. Do they have a surprise up their sleeve for Arsenal at odds of 15-4? to four? So
2: unfortunately for Villa fans, uh, I don't think you're going to have enough in the locker to get the win against Arsenal tonight. I'm back in the Arsenal win. Uh, they've won eight of the last 12 away games this season. They won the reverse fixture 2-1 as well and I think there's so much riding on this game for Arsenal. They'll just have enough to get over the line here. But I don't actually think it'll be quite a tight game,
0: but I'm going to be siding with the Arsenal win. Fair enough. Craig, Manchester United welcome a Leicester side who have scored four in each of the last two league outings. So when you add potential tiredness for United after their Barcelona exploits, is 4-7 to too short for a home win? Yeah, I definitely think it is, yeah. I'm I
1: do think that Manchester United will win this game and they're the ones who are too. But at the odds, no, they don't appeal at all at the odds. Um, I'm not really 100% sure where I would go. The only one thing that's sticking out for me, and again, I don't think the odds are great on this, um, is a United win with over 2.5 goals. I just think given sort of Leicester's recent run of goals, they can take one here. It wouldn't surprise me if Manchester United made a couple of changes here and there. Maybe they go all out in Barcelona and play the same sort of Harry Maguire-Luke Luke Shaw partnership in central defence as they did against Leeds last weekend, uh, which will give Leicester hope that they can score. So, yeah, it's 6-5 that. Manchester United win and over 2.5.
0: It's not the biggest, but I think that's where I'm leaning to. Yeah, I'd agree. Maybe also you could go United and both teams to scored, but you need something else on top of the United win on its own. But Sam, finally, Man City travelled to Nottingham Forest on Sunday. If you had your last fiver in your betting account, what bet takes your fancy before kick-off?
2: Do you know what? I'm not being greedy here. It's Saturday night. I'm thinking this weekend I'm going to have a nice, easy night. So I'm going to take it easy. I'm looking for a Chinese fund. So uh, (laughs) I'm looking at 11 to 4 odds here. Erling, Howard scored two or more goals. So for me, that's going to pay for a beef and black bean, some rice... Probably some spare ribs in a soup or something like that. So Erland Howland has scored two or more goals for me. Uh, Returned
0: 18-75 off of five a five-a-bet. So that's my bet. Erland, if you're listening, Sam wants his dinner. So make sure you get the job done on Sunday. But now it's time for our final bit of business. It's the odds on threefold. We all pick a leg each. We combine it into an acca. We try and go for bets over one to two, but less than evens. And let's see if we can get another winner over the line. So, Craig, you're up first. What have you got for me? Uh, cheers, Dan. Yeah, I'm going to go with Middlesbrough to beat QPR in
1: the championship. Middlesbrough are priced up at 7-10. Ten-second Ten detour to say that QPR are absolutely dreadful at the minute. And I've had a look up of, after inspiration with your Crystal Palace pick. They are 20-1 to 1 to be relegated, which is certainly worth a look because I think this is the third time that I've put somebody up to beat them in the Acca recently. Anyway, back on track. Uh, yeah, Middlesbrough 7-10 to 10 to beat QPR. Definitely a team to be against at the moment. QPR come here on the back of a 3-0 home defeat against another team from the North East, uh, Sunderland, on Tuesday night, last night. Uh, QPR in all sorts of trouble at the minute. They're nine without a win. And if you look further back, they've got one win from the last 16 games, miles away from the form at the start of the season, which, which was quite good. Uh, Middlesbrough flying under Michael Carrick. Uh, last weekend, they got another win, 3-1 away at Cardiff. Not the easiest place to go. They do play Sheffield United on Wednesday, sort of after we've recorded this. But even if they do lose that, I still like them here. I think that when we saw Middlesbrough lose to Sunderland a few weeks back, they bounced back in really good style after that big loss. Uh, they've won all their games since then. So even if they do lose against Sheffield United on Wednesday, I do still think that they'll bounce back here. And I just think this is a game that they can win comfortably against a team that are struggling.
2: Top shot there. Sam, what have you got up your sleeve? So, there's PSG, I'm back in there. Uh, they've actually lost the last three games which is not something you expect from PSG um, in all competitions. I lost last three, but I do think they're going to be too strong for Lille at home this weekend. Uh, they're 13-20 to, to win against Lille. So the last two times these guys have met, PSG have won 7-1 and 5-1. So absolutely thrashed them. They've also won eight of the last uh, nine at home in the league. So, yeah, I think PSG will be too strong for Lille when it comes to it on Sunday at 12 o'clock.
0: Good shout. I'm off to Serie A as Spezia play host to Juventus. Now, we all know that the old lady of Turin is not singing as loud these days, but after that 15-point deduction, she has hit the high notes in each of Juve's last two matches. Add this to Spezia's failure to win any of their last four league outings, and I can only see more misery for the relegation-threatened outfit, which is why I'm backing the away win at odds of 8-13. to Right, that brings us to full time, so I just need to do the admin before we wrap up. As mentioned before, if any of these bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the FreeBets website. And now I just need to thank my duo of top guests. Craig, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one.
1: Yeah, thanks very much, Dan. Really good. Uh, re- really miss Jamie. And I know he thinks he's enjoying it in Milan, but just to let him know when he listens to this, I'm going to chelt them away on Saturday, which is far better than Milan
0: away. It's all about the glamour on the Odds On podcast. And Sam, a cracking debut. Thanks for your time and sharing your betting insights with me.
2: Not a problem. Thank you very much, guys. Been an absolute pleasure as a long-time listener. Yeah, it was nice to get involved. Cheers for having us.
0: Cheers, mate. And also to the listeners out there. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Odds On Podcast. And until next time, Goodbye. (laughs)